The Infuse Show is brought to you by the team at The Sales Joint, sales solutions crafted for cultivators. Croptober Blues got you down. Visit www.thesalesjoint.com today to schedule a discovery call for consulting services. That's thesalesjoint.com. The Infuse Show is also brought to you by our fake sponsor, Kurt Vonnegut. My name is Jan Janssen. I come from Wisconsin. I work in a lumber mill there. Don't get the reference. So it goes. Let's do the show. <laughs> Mike, Francesca, guys, I haven't seen you guys in a while. We've been on the road. We just did the show in Nashville. Uh, it's so good to see your faces again. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Glad, glad to be back in studio. Yeah, definitely. No, it's good to be back in Delahue, Delaware, Delaware. But we have a special show today. I'm excited for a number of reasons uh, for, for our wonderful guest today. But Francesca, in particular, you just came from an event. Uh, that I think is going to be a special interest to our guests uh, and the 710 community out there that is very, very active in the state of Oklahoma. What Tell us a little bit about the party that you attended out there. I was so happy that um, while I was out there for Lucky Leaf and OKC, uh, uh -huh. I was invited to the iSpire um, sponsored private like VIP dab party. And so it was at a bar and in the outdoor area behind the bar, like this beautiful patio, different stations set up. You can just kind of, you know, around the world dabbing almost. And it, <laughs> did, it didn't take me visiting too many stations to be yeah. done. <laughs> but, uh, that it story was really such a chill environment and people were so into their concentrates. I yeah. freaking loved it. It was totally my vibe. <laughs> well, your vibe, it's going to be the vibe of a lot of people that listen to us. The rest of that story, by the way, is what my man LeVon Helm would call an adult portion. We can't really get into <laughs> the rest of that. So look, without further ado, Mike, Francesca, I want to welcome our guest today. Today on the Infuse Show, we're going to play some pool, skip some school, act real cool and talk all night. We're going to do it right because our guests today... All I have to do is call out Timber, and it goes over the rolling <laughs> hills of Northwest New Jersey, the beautiful Garden State, home of the boss, home of the chairman of the board, home <laughs> of our producer, Frank Rago. Uh, but it's also the home of the wonderful Jorgensen family, founders of Mystic Timber, the original wood-handed dabbers and roach clips. Our guests today, Colin, Deb, and Bruce Jorgie Jorgensen, welcome to the Infuse Show. Thank you, guys. Welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Welcome to Absolutely. the Wood Show. <laughs> uh, it, it is a great setup. I mean, full disclosure, I talked to Colin and we kind of had a call uh, before this and he was showing me around uh, the studio. Um, I love your logo. I love your workshop and everything you have going out there uh, in the rolling hills of Jersey. And I can't wait to get into it today. Um, Bruce, Deb, uh, you guys are the co-founders of this incredible family affair that we call Mystic Timber. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I know that your son is so proud of you. Um, as far as the cannabis culture is concerned, I watch your Instagram videos all the time. I'm a big fan. And uh, I saw Bruce, I saw you behind the wheel one day. And Colin just threw a question at you that I, I want to restate. So, uh, Colin, it was a great question. <laughs> you, asked, you asked your dad about his first time smoking and what it felt like. And uh, Bruce, could you take us into that? Well, uh, it was uh, it was with a friend at work when I was 18, uh, went to this place afterwards, and uh, I, I had very little knowledge of uh, I went through my whole freshman year of college in the 60s without uh, without partaking. It was offered all the time, but uh, oh. I was raised conservative, yeah. so it took me a while to uh, break break into it. But uh, the summer of 68, uh, we uh, smoked up uh, and... Uh, the moment, the moment I got there, I realized that that was, that was home. It was awesome. I, I, I love Drove home about three feet off the ground and <laughs> my 69 Cadillac. 68 Cadillac? 69. Oh, 59. Sorry. <laughs> Time warp. Yes, yes, yes. After a last night. <laughs> His car upgraded a year into the future. Is that <laughs> and, uh, and I smoked ever since. Yeah. And uh, like every day sense almost like seriously, pretty much, pretty much. these guys are every day, like mostly flower and weekend dabs. We dabbed yesterday, but yeah. like usually it's on the weekends. Yeah. yeah. But well, they're like roach clip smoking, like old school. I, I, I'm a diabetic and, uh, and I consider it, I consider it uh, medical. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a classic. 
Sassy Wangy uh, Blunt Beast. This, this is, is what they smoke with every, every day. Nice <laughs> wow. No, we're gonna get we're gonna get into that particular tool in a little bit, but well, wow, it's a great it's a great story. I love I love that sentiment that is just I felt like I was home, and I, yeah. I think back on the chaos of of the year nineteen sixty eight. My <laughs> God, talk about yeah. needing talk about needing a sesh. <laughs> that was, no, that was sure. big time. Deb, did you have a, a similar background, or you know, have to get past a conservative upbringing to to kind of get into to the plant? I didn't. I didn't have a conservative up, upbringing really, but where I went to high school in New Jersey, there wasn't really smoking then. And I graduated in '67, and I was the same way. I went to college, and I hadn't I hadn't smoked yet. And in fact, uh, my first year, my roommate was a smoker and I was like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't until my next year that my, my new roommate and I were curious. And that's what most people were at the time, curious. And it wasn't illegal. So, uh, and, and by partaking, it was like, wow, this is amazing. So yeah. it's a whole, whole new thing. That, that's incredible. I mean, I can't, did you have anything in your head that you had to get over, you know, um, Deb or Bruce in terms of fear of what would happen when you're high or what being high would feel like or anything no. along those lines? No. Nope. Nope. Very first just, experience uh, dispelled all doubt. Yeah. Just curious. Realized that we've been lied to all that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, those, a, in those days, you might uh, you find yourself turning people. We call it being turned on within your first experience spot, and uh, and uh, you first three or four years, the last years of the sixties, we were everyone there. was curious. It's almost and the responsible sort of thing to do is turn people on. Right? Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was uh, for the first time. It was a huge. The transition between sixty-seven and seventy-one was unbelievable. Unreal. Wow. Yeah. In terms of the, in the the change in the culture. You're, the uh, widespread uh, information through the, the underground press as well as the college press. It's just unbelievable. I think, uh, I don't know, yeah. I don't know if people were more curious at the time, but uh, I don't know. It seems like people no. today are more hesitant and, and afraid. I, I guess it's because well, of yeah, all the, the, the brainwashing yeah, and the DARE so program and all that, you know. That's exactly what I was thinking about when I asked the question is that I know mm -hmm. I had my reasons I didn't smoke for so long because I yeah. came into it very late in life. And they were all fear based um, because of the whole DARE program, Nancy Reagan <clears throat> propaganda, war on drugs, all of that, that good parents taught their kids, you know, to not do drugs. And that was kind of just the line that you towed. And so I had to realize that this wasn't a oh, danger before I could do it. Right. Sorry, <laughs> sure. We have a track that runs right behind us. And like once a day or once every couple of days, it's totally not on a schedule. This train will just come through. And it's, <laughs> I usually try to chase it, like go out there and get some shots of it. But yeah, it's it comes and goes really quick. So sorry. I think I think there's a pretty good probability there's really not a train there. You're just imagining it. <laughs> <laughs> Residuals from last night. <laughs> well, that's if we're talking about um, uh, growing up uh, to throw another uh, shameless Springsteen plug in there for me. Uh, Colin, we were just talking about everybody kind of having to unlearn years of being lied to and propaganda as far as, as what we were told about this plant. Uh, I know that I'm speaking for Mike and, and, and Francesca on this one. Did you grow up knowing that you your father was an old school cannabis culture yeah icon if you will or, or was he just dead i i didn't know that i knew he was a cartoonist and he would say like i drew off for high times or i used to draw for high times because he drew for high times from the late 70s to the like mid 80s 76, right. so oh, wow. but and and i just thought he was a regular cartoonist for the magazine because i i myself have a background in cartooning and illustration i wonder where i got it from but i worked <laughs> for mag magazines for like 25 years but I, was, I never had a segment that said like Colin or my my art name is Kojo Art Juggernaut. I never had like Kojo Art Juggernaut's strip. And only very recently I got my mind blown because I was going through the High Times archive on their website. And like he had a section called Georgie, like his name, his cartoon strip was called Georgie. That yeah, blew my fucking mind. Strip <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was in there for uh, about 10 issues a year for the, that period. That's incredible. Like, that's amazing. You yes, actually were the cartoonist of High Times, Georgie. You were the only well, one that had, had your name strip. A lot of cartoonists, but everyone else was doing strips. And that was amazing. Basically, spotted the toilet work. How did how did yeah. that come about, Bruce? How did you 
get in uh, with high times. From, a friend of mine from college uh, uh, got a job there. And uh, as soon as he got in a position to do so, he brought me in. And oh, that wow. was that. And then, you know, in, in magazines work in general, but uh, in high times, like every place else, it's, it's a matter of surviving the art directors. They change every year and a half, year, year, 10 months sometimes. And I survived about seven art directors before I finally got one that couldn't stand me on site. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was bound to happen at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he was, he was, he was an editorial cartoonist in college. And yeah. then, uh, and then we went out to the West Coast for a couple of years. Where'd you live in the sixties? Well, we lived in Berkeley, and we lived in Oakland, Ooh. and we lived in San Francisco within that two-year period. Wow! Wow! To save enough to save enough money to go on a motorcycle trip of uh, Europe and North Africa. These guys pretend they're not hippies, but you are like <laughs> as they won't use the word hippie. But I constantly say like you were in fucking oh, yeah, like Ashbury in 1969. That's a different version of hippie. There's like a yeah, spectrum of hippies. Yeah. They we think you had to always, be doing like you know, tantras on a mountain or something. I was a, I'm not ashamed to be called a hippie or anything. It's just, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't want it to be an insult to hippies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we always worked. We always worked sort of traditional jobs. I was a graphic artist and I got art director jobs at different places that we lived. And, and so we, when you're working in mainstream, it's hard to say you're a hippie, you know? I don't sure. know. <laughs> it's changed. Yeah, it's almost the like the imposter yeah. syndrome, but that is definitely changed. And yeah. um, the, it's yep. it's funny. This is kind uh -oh. of oh, kind of there. Lost sound. Oh, there we we lost your sound for a second. <clears throat> oh, I was saying that it's funny that generationally, I think it's so interesting to watch the culture of cannabis change, the industry of cannabis evolve, and you get to see it all in this one family really? where you guys get to compare and say you know you have your son saying no you were hippies and he's <laughs> going well maybe you didn't understand what hippies really were and you know it's just so <laughs> fascinating to have everything <laughs> one family dynamic that's true well especially on the east coast francesca mm -hmm. yes. I, mean, I think you have this dynamic more of people that are in california or west coast now that have been a part of the og culture from from back when it first began but on the east coast it's so new for many families and the fact that you guys are in, are in north jersey but have this lineage of of you know being with the plant for decades now and passing that on to your son and in, in his family and his community that's that's the part that's really unique to me is seeing this on the east coast yeah and and dart and our daughter too. Yeah, Ace cool. is also part of the company. She lives in Canada. She's our like head of sales and everything. She's like a huge part of the company. Oh. So it's kind of uh, she's not here. She's in Canada. Otherwise, we would have had her on. We didn't even think about yeah. it until today. Like we're like, oh, we could have zoomed her in too. I guess. We like <laughs> but we'll give her a shout out. Yeah, um, yeah. Ace, just September Ace. Just September Ace. Ace. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We we definitely want to get into to her role and all your roles in Mystic Timber day to day. Mm -hmm. I'd be remiss though if I didn't ask this this particular question, Bruce. Uh, I've I've been thinking about this. There's a cartoon of yours that we were looking at. Uh, uh, Mike, Francesca, Frank, and I all took a look at an article that you were featured in, and it was you had a cartoon in 1980 in High Times uh, that was about lobbying, and it was it was somebody coming to a politician explaining all the good things that we could do, uh, legalizing cannabis, forgiving people's uh, punitive uh, records, right. um, the significant lobbying effort. You remember that one in 1980? Yeah, sure. One of my, one sure. of my favorites. It's gotta, you know, it's gotta be fun to, to be asked about something you did that long ago, but is it, is it just frustrating as hell that we're still going through the stuff I, that you were- You learn to cope with it. You, you learn to accept that. It never changes. You fight the mm -hmm. same fight. Over and, and over, the anti abortion, five, ten years. Yeah, yeah, all it's all come, it's all still relevant. So like at, all those cartoons just happened with Roe. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, but uh, still, you know, you have to keep fighting for whatever you, whatever it is that uh, you support. So many of his cartoons from that time are still relevant. Yeah, I say 80% of my editorial cartoons. If you drop out the, the particular political people involved, you know, the, the presidents and so forth, and just uh, go with the issues. Nothing. Well, I mean, a lot of things, but at the same time, we're still having to fight the same fights. Yeah. No, it's your circle. Yeah. The, the yeah, faces I mean, have changed and we have we have right. new yeah. and in some cases, uh, super <laughs> villains <laughs> to, to yeah. contend with. Oh, well, geez. But, but, I don't even know the, how to characterize the, that guy. The content. 
the content Sorry. is the same. <laughs> I was going to say, what's really funny is like in the early 2000s, he was asking me like, hey, can you build a website for me? Because I was doing all this art and I have a whole online structure and whatnot. And it was like, well, you can create a whole new portfolio of stuff or you've got this work that's like 20 years old. And But so much of it was so timeless because they were still fighting those same fights. It was like, should we take off the dates? Because the dates tell you when the thing was made, but it, it, the things are exactly the same other than like certain things in cartoons always age like TVs. You know, you don't have cell phones and old things. They're holding books and newspapers. Like Everybody's things have changed history. as technology changes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Newspapers, you know, that kind of thing. But other than that, like the the issues that you, you drew about back then, that was like politically insightful and and like talking to younger generations, uh, still resonate because it's the same. We're still fighting the same battles. Yeah, and that's the beauty yeah. of it. That to me, as as someone that sees that in present day, to see that you were drawing about this years ago, to me just raises the bar of credibility for you as as an artist and as well, a, thank you very much it really does i'm like i would then I immediately i'm like i want to see his other work to see what else he's like nostradamus here like what else did he, <laughs> what else did he work on well i i never thought we would get to this point frankly yeah I, uh, to, for it to be legal anywhere i really didn't i did that uh when I was a kid, he said, I hope I like one of my dreams is that New Jersey at least legalizes in my lifetime. Like while I'm still alive, I can smoke a joint and not be under that like scary government state like that. You're, you're doing something illegal, something that's like your hobby and that you enjoy. People coming up, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said people coming up don't realize what it was like, mm -hmm. what it was like. You there was a constant fear. You know, I've been busted. I've, I, I, I did jail time. I, I was going to ask. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was for one joint. I got 18 days. It was kind of, it was a learning experience. It was really, uh, yeah. And he served on boot camps. Yeah. Over oh, I thought it really? was very duty, but it doesn't. Community service. 180 hours of community service. I did it all by cartoon. One joint. <laughs> so I did cartoons for uh, the, the, the Dyfus, which is our local uh, rescue shelter for uh, for uh, abused women. Uh, I did stuff for, for various community services. Okay. I like this is so freaking nuts fam so they they arrested him for weed and then part of his sentence from the judge they're like oh because you're a cartoonist we can get you to do a bunch of stuff anti-drug shit for the state or whatever no. like yeah, seriously like you did and then, but what did you do when like all the posters they want to do well, I, I was i was required as part of my uh, sentence to uh to do anti-drug posters for the Grade school, the middle school, and the high school. Oh my so, gosh! So I did, I did alcohol and tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> anti alcohol and tobacco. He didn't. He refused to draw anti weed stuff. Wow! What what a lovely passive peaceful way to protest that. <laughs> I think that's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Passive aggressive. Got the last yeah. laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that, sick, though, that to be able to give a sentence of like, we're going to turn your art into something that yeah, you're going to hate. Into something you believe in. That was kind yeah. of, like, that's fucked up. Yeah, weaponizing <laughs> your art against your beliefs is kind of the antithesis of creating art. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. There's a lot that's, of uh, a lot of that going around. Yeah. It's like a, a zombie version of an artist where they kind of rewire your brain and force you to create something that you don't agree with at least yeah. not smoking and not drinking for kids is a good message so that's yeah. you know you yeah. turned it into something absolutely. positive you absolutely did um yeah, I had no problem with that the, so i have to ask because now my parents um smoked when they were younger took a long break and then just recently started dabbling in again and that their reaction <laughs> their reaction was whoa this is different weed than what we grew up well, with in terms of like intensity quality yeah. all of it and um i didn't know if you have that a lot from people that you know took a break and started again if you even noticed it, it since you didn't take a break the, uh, the significant no, difference yeah see this i keep telling people Still, the best best day to day commercial weed I ever smoked was uh, uh, Columbia Gold in the seventies. Wow! Like about wow. seventy five to seventy nine. Best. It's a legendary strain that doesn't. Uh, a taste you've never had since. Every now and then I'll get a whiff of a taste of that in, in some strain, but that stuff was just unbelievable. Wow! Yeah, and uh, and also Thai weed seventy five. 
I, I tell a story. The, the vintage. Yeah. Yeah. These are strains that don't exist. I went to pick up some friend, 12, uh, eight to 12 friends sitting in my living room. We, we were waiting for a phone call. I went and picked up a, 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 a couple ounces of uh, Thai weed, uh, fresh in. Uh, brought it back, rolled a joint, lit it up, passed it. Woke up two hours later with a half a joint still in my hand. <laughs> the whole room was asleep. You can't make this shit up. No. no. <clears throat> wow. So but I think, I Go think ahead, generally, Deb. I was just going to say that I think generally, I think the weed today is stronger. Yes. Yeah, so, and of course, dabbing is stronger than that. Way stronger. <laughs> so, weed from yeah. the 70s was like 2.3% THC. Now we're doing strains like. Their their big sesh buddy Kathy will come over once every couple of weeks, and they and she'll bring all these new strains that she gets in the dispensary, and like some of them are insanely high THC, yeah. like ridiculous twenty five thirty thirty five yeah like yeah compared to it's ten times as strong as what you were smoking in the seventies yeah yeah prior to having things like lab testing to break out cannabinoids <laughs> yeah. and talk oh. about percentages and stuff. I mean, how did you evaluate good weed versus not? Was it only after you smoked it you could tell, or yeah. was it the smell test? Um, you know, told you enough to tell you what was good and what wasn't. We want to we want to learn from your years of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. How, what years did you deal weed while you were doing cartoons? Uh, 70, uh, 71 to uh, by eighty. I dealt weed when, when I started. It was ten bucks an ounce and. When I got up to 80 bucks an ounce, it was all Sensomia. That's when I stopped. And I just, from then, I just bought. So what's Sensomia? Uh, seedless weed. It used to be loaded with seeds. Part of your job was to pick every, every, every pound you got, you had about three quarters of an ounce of seeds. Do you know how, <laughs> do you know how if bad I had now, If I had now, I could offer people of dollars for those seeds oh. that you chucked. Yeah. I used to throw them in the wood stove because, you know, you know, what I never wanted to do is get busted for seeds. You <laughs> yeah. know. Right. Didn't you have a friend that got busted for a seed? Yeah, a friend that got busted in 65 for one seed in New Jersey and spent three years in Rahway. Oh, my God. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. That's, what I, you know, that's, what, that, that's what I mean when I say that people today you don't really have an idea of what it was like now that we're in, now that weed is legal in jersey not federally legal but it's legal here um we're doing these dab bar events you were talking about going to that dab bar like a mystic timber dab bar is such a fun event that we throw in dirty dank jersey like is our dab tender we, we go to we set up at an event we have like all of our tools you can choose from any of our tools to use and it's just so mind blowing that this is happening in New Jersey, like at yeah. Pu in yeah. public, yeah. you know, like privately owned events. But it's, it's so nuts that you don't have yeah. to worry about a cop coming in seeing what's happening. It's like this is really happening. It's legal. Everyone's getting high. Everyone's yelling timber. It's the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you I did, definitely want to talk about Mystic Timber. Yeah, you, you yeah. did. Yeah, we'll yeah, you there. said it. Um, but I mean, uh, on our show here. Uh, on Infused, Mike, we started off the year talking to a legacy grower from California, and she had to she had to talk to straight talk to our audience. Like, yeah, we know you love legal weed. Now we were getting hit with rubber bullets uh, right. back in back in the eighties and, yep. and taking shots that way. So I, I guess it's just better to get more and more perspective. The real stories, I think, for people like ourselves that weren't a part of that is is a great way for us to learn and appreciate the battles that people did because you can hear things but when you hear it from the horse's mouth yeah it's so much more intriguing and so much more impressive to to see that people battled through all this horse shit yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. these guys met in college and they met in ohio they went to ohio state ohio, ohio U. University. there's two different ohio schools ohio U. Uh, but Kent State's also in Ohio, and that happened yeah. while they were in college. Mm -hmm. And you guys all got sent home. Yeah, we rioted and closed the school down. Three days, three days tear of gas. And well played on getting school shut down, too. That was a, a, <laughs> well, that a was secondary win. <laughs> How long did it take for all the colleges to shut down? Like, yeah. they all shut down. They all happened within the week. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The funny thing was uh, that uh, uh, Four Dead in Ohio, that uh, yeah. CSN song, I yeah. heard that the day after. What? I swear to God. Now, yeah. Memory, memory is silly, buddy. So it's possible it was more than a day after it. My my recollection is the day after Kent State happened, I'm walking down the street and from the books, the cannabis bookstore, I hear the this uh, you know, has a radio going and it's uh, playing for uh, Four Dead in Ohio. I 
couldn't believe it. Yeah. Well, there's a different it's age outrageous. too, or we have socially uh, conscious artists like Stephen Stills having, feeling that they right. have to address that right away. Yeah. Neil Young yeah. writing similar songs saying we have mm-hmm. to address this right away because we need to foster some significant change here. Um, I, I it's funny because we're I, I think we could talk for hours and now I'm sitting here saying there, there's something I want to there's another thing I want to ask. We all have uh, some samples of Mystic Timber uh, tools. Yes, we They're, do. Uh, Francesca's got one. Mike's got one. These things are gorgeous. Um, they're gorgeous. Uh, and and I want to uh, I wanted to ask this and start off. We want to know top to bottom just about everything we can about Mystic Timber since it's esta- since it was established in 2010. But there was there was one story that I, I saw. It was on another site. I think it was uh, it was called Side Hustle School. Uh, it was a feature, oh, sure. feature on Bruce. And uh-huh. um, could you tell us the story about why you initially designed this particular roach clip tool? I found I found so heartwarming. Uh, and if you could share that with our audience, I thought that would be uh, lovely. Sure. I had a friend named John who uh, had a C5 uh, break in his <laughs> spine from a motorcycle accident. He, he only he, he had limited motility of his upper shoulders, mm-hmm. so he could make his arms move, but uh, he had no grip, of course. So, you know, was, that was all. Then, you know, he's strapped into a wheelchair. And, he's quadriplegic. And, you basically yeah. just moved his head and his shoulders. That's and uh, he uh, he uh, he smoked he smoked tobacco. And he smoked weed. And the weed helped with seizures. Sure. Uh, he, yeah. And uh, so mm-hmm. which, when people go on about medical medical marijuana is so important as a medicine. Uh, anyway, uh, to long story short, uh, yeah, if he wanted to smoke, someone had to start fold it up to his, his mouth, cigarette or joint. And uh, it's sort of demeaning for him and pain in the ass for his caretakers. So uh, I took a took a uh, a chopstick and put a roach clip on it uh, on the end, an alligator clip, clip yeah. and he could fit that. We could fit that into his uh, cuff, the the thing that yeah you, know, you, you wear a thing to like keep an arm brace kind of yeah add on yeah we, yeah we put a cherry on it, put it in his clip, and he could smoke himself. Wow. That is an incredible act of creation for um, restoring dignity yeah. and yeah. to allow someone to to administer their medication themselves is or even their recreational tobacco themselves like that's yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. incredibly powerful. Yeah. My uh, my uncle yeah, Rusty is a quadriplegic and oh, wow. um, yeah. And he's he's an incredible guy. He's lives in San Diego. He's, he's incredibly independent, but he wasn't always that way. So sure. it's a lot of work to get there. And it takes people that are looking out for them to um, make sure that they they are acknowledged as human beings that. Oh, yeah. a- that are able still, you know, even in their disability. Right. That's really, yeah. really cool. And we, we hear that our tools are much easier to hold, like for arthritic patients. People mm-hmm. with dexterity and hand dexterity issues. Dexterity and hand issues. issues. They love our tools because they're yeah. very easy to hold on to. So that's how much it helps. They're light and they're, they're just easy to, very easy to grip. So like it, for dabbers as well, it's the same exact handle style. It's just longer. Yeah. So it started as like it started as a stick, and then uh, in order to, when you grant it, to pass it, you want to have something to be able to catch on to. So we, but you know, first I did one <clears throat> one set of dips at the bottom. Then I found it was more useful with both ends on, on a piece of size. Mm. So, uh, so Bruce, walk us through what took you from that initial chopstick <laughs> contraption to creating a business. <clears throat> And you know, creating a, a something that's been around for over ten years now. So, what, what well, how did that work for you? I was I was working in uh, in wood shops at the time. I, I spent twelve years uh, learning how to be a wood butcher and uh, and a finisher. Because uh, the cartoon business it, it turned in such a way by the by the nineties that uh, I was ready for something else. So uh, I was doing that, and I it, I would make them. I made them for the one for John, and then I started making them for people who said, well, "Where's our roast clips?" So, <laughs> so, so for friends and stuff, yeah, for friends love holidays and stuff. Because they would always pass amongst each other another roast clips like John. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. I mean, apart from a brief period in the seventies when we used uh, forceps, we always used uh, a conventional clip, and uh, it just went from there. The, the, then we started uh, doing different sizes, and then we'll talk about how you got the, the initial, initial wood. Oh, well, that's where I got all from the wood shop. I took their scrap. This, the scrap is good for furniture. Right. Or, uh, actually, we were making lamps. 
but uh, it was plenty big enough to make this stuff. So uh, right. I had tons of scrap, and that was all my first first two or three years of production were just. Uh, well, actually, so too, we problem. started out with using chopsticks, and um, also the second part yeah, of the line. Yeah, yeah the second design. part of the line. I I found the most unusual chopsticks, and and uh, and I I found glass beads that I I put on the figured out how to put them on the end of the chopsticks, and they matched the the chopstick, and we we made a whole bunch of these, and we went up to Canada because my daughter was <clears> going to school there. And uh, we thought, well, let's let's see what a smoke shop would think of these. And so Montreal. we had this presentation. Um, what year are we box. talking now, by the way? Let's let's put this in time. It was '69. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2009. No, <laughs> it was right only the, 40 the years difference. It's all blurry. Yeah. Everything's 68 or 69. Right. <laughs> 40 years, one way or another. Could have been 2086. If I may, Deb, you brought up something I wanted to ask you. With your background uh, in art, do you have any role in like one of the ones uh, that was sent to us? I don't know if Mike has it or Francesca is the most. I think it's it's called Purple Heart, the wood. It's just I think gorgeous. that's me. There I feel is. like a winner. Mm-hmm. Look at <laughs> that's, that. Nice. That's our most popular wood. Yeah, is it really? Do, do you have a gorgeous. role in selecting the, the types of wood or what you'll use and what you won't use? Because, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. These things are gorgeous. Right. We and all it's pretty much like decided. <laughs> and in the beginning, we just did assortment. We just had all different types of wood and, and people couldn't ask for specific woods. We thought, boy, that would be too complicated. Mm-hmm. They were literally when you guys and then started. Cullen came on board. This is the the time, like when you're starting a company and you're starting a product that doesn't exist. It's like you don't know where to go. You're just throwing a lot of stuff out there. So it was like, how many different handle sizes? We have like a the this was called the Beast line, and her line was called the Beauty line. It was like the Beauties and the Beasts. Eventually, we got rid of the entire Beauty line because it was all chopsticks and like beads and stuff, and it was like it's not the natural like handmade aesthetic that we want to push with mystic timber so like we went with because it's yes, bees yeah these are beautiful those were beautiful too but these are these are beautiful knowing that it's handmade like in new jersey all, all solid hardwoods they were really a bitch to brand too, because they're all different shapes <laughs> but we started with like 17 woods i counted them up when it was like canary wood all these like crazy little like one-offs and uh it was tough to keep an inventory yeah, of that blood, blood. like you'd have to work on every type of wood and keep stock of every type of wood in finished pieces it's like such an overwhelming thing and also like we've also we found that like it, it's the same with the art world if there's too many things to look at on a wall you kind of see nothing you know what i mean like your brain goes there's too many choices yeah like I, right. I don't even know what, what's good here anymore less is more yeah yeah like, it's like the cheesecake factory the cheesecake factory menu <laughs> I went in there and I didn't even get cheesecake. It's like the one thing I was thinking of getting. (laughs) You got overwhelmed. (laughs) You got got chicken tenders and we're happy. (laughs) They're trying to make a dab dab tool or a roach clip purchase and I end up getting a banger because they're like, too too hard, too many, too many choices. So so we started limiting down the colors and... Mm -hmm. uh, Initially on our website, it was yeah. like light, dark, and or orange. orange. Those are the options. Yeah, right. And you don't know what you're getting. Like it's one of the, it's something light, it's something dark. But that's the beauty of it, yeah. though, because it is a natural product. It, like you right. expect variability in terms of the wood, the grain, oh, yeah. the color, how the stain mm-hmm. takes, like all that stuff. As like there's as no a stain, no, no, no stain. These right. are all these are the original colors. I mean, the, the colors we have now in our no lineup. Way. So we've got really Paduke. The, this in Africa. Really really purple that's, heart. That's even more pri- I assume they were stained. This wow. I thought it was no, stained no, are, too. Everything's wow. natural. It, yeah. You can oh. cut your tool in half. It would look the same all the way through. It's not dyed, stained, or lacquered or anything. It's just the natural, oh. beautiful colors of these hardwoods. You don't we have a clear wax, natural right. wax we buff in. So wow. that is, even, that's even more even the, the oils from your hands go into your tools and yeah. make the colors even richer. And that's the thing. Like, we've been talking a lot about roach clips, but dabbers are our main thing. Yeah. You know? Like it's well, it's everyone knows this for dabbers. This is like the origin story. We still do sell roach clips. Like there's oh, yeah. still a, a huge market for them. But dabbers is where we're like killing it. Like that's mm-hmm. where because dabbing mm-hmm. is just taking off. And you mm-hmm. want to tell the story of like how how you started or how you figured out we could take a roach clip handle and make start making that well I, it was an industry event in 2011 and uh the you know the trade show you know b2b trade show 
and they had their after hour parties. We were at one of them and uh, in Vegas, in Vegas, and uh huh. Guys, guys, they were dabbing up in the bed in the bedroom, and I hadn't tried it yet. I knew about it. And somebody come up to me and said, uh, "Do you have anything for dabbers?" I said, "Well, anything for dabbing?" I said, well, "What's dabbing?" And uh, he looked at me like I was from Mars and marked out. But anyway, so that same week, I, I said uh, we were at this party and we got dabbed up. Uh, I got dabbed up. I've got, but he dabs. He dabs me up the night. Very nice rig. And, and in those days, there were not dabs. They were uh, nut picks, or you know, uh, dental tools. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, nut pick. He's, he's, he dabs me up, puts it down on the table, and the, you know, the table is is a, a board that uh, is sitting on our knees. You know, in a bedroom <laughs> in, a, in a hotel. So he puts it on the table, rolls right off the end of the carpet. And I said, well, that I could do something about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were already, you know, and uh, yeah. that's why I did our early, our early version uh, slogan was uh, they rock, but they don't roll. <laughs> and that was that's why. fantastic. I love that. And, and of course, it took us an hour to even get up. And then we got to the car and, and, I, and I said, I'm perfectly capable of driving. I don't know where the fuck we're going. So <laughs> <laughs> drove, around, drove around Vegas for an hour and a half until we spotted the traffic yeah, where we were staying. <laughs> and it was like half a mile from where you were. Next door. It was. It was on the same strip, four doors yeah. down. You could have yeah, walked there. Next door. That, was, that was our introduction to dabbing. Yeah. Uh, but after that, like that year, they, they started figuring out, like, how do we get titanium into our tools? You've like go bought some raw rods and like balls and you started like sculpting titanium in the basement. Like in addition That's to the roast, started. In our wow. so everything everything oh. we did, we got uh, got uh, good advice from good friends. I, I was I was wondering how the hell do you mill mil titanium? Oh, and uh, yeah, I had a friend yeah. from Hawaii who said, "Sir, sanding, simple as that." So so what? We, that's, I'm sorry. Let me just show you a simple thing that people always we'll get back. Look. Yeah, yeah. Something that people always love about our tools is that when you put them down, they don't roll. So it's like once you're dabbing, like something that you always have to think about is when, where am I putting this after I take this dab? Yeah. So it's like, is it going to fuck my table surface up? Sorry, my, my French. Like, is it going like, to, is it going to roll? <laughs> is it going to roll off? So it's like, basically, it's a no look put down. Like while you're dabbing, you just put it down. You don't have to no worry. Look. <laughs> the tips don't touch the table, no matter what way you put them down. So you don't have to worry about like last night, I was taking that I love that toothbrush dab. And after I was done, I didn't have to worry when I put it down. It's not going to mess up the tablecloth. Like we we're doing right. it on our, our trade show tablecloth. That's how confident I was that like this glob of wax is not going to screw this tablecloth up because it doesn't sit on, it doesn't touch the table. It's like the most convenient thing. Oh, no doubt. And hygienic. Yes. yes. Right. Exactly. Convenient, yeah. hygienic. They rock, but they don't roll. God, I love that. <laughs> Mike, I interrupted you. You had something. Yeah, I was going to say one of the things that strikes me with with your entire product line is the quality of it. So, I mean, we were talking about the handles and the unique wood materials and the beauty of them. But the fact that you're using titanium is super impressive. These things have to last forever, I would assume, right? I would, yeah. I would think yeah. this thing is going to be like you buy it once and you've got it for a lifetime as long as somebody doesn't steal it or you lose it. One or, the other. Right. <laughs> right. or if you have a very hungry dog, that's yeah, the dog. other Dogs are the biggest danger to it. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's good for our customer, yeah. but not good for us. Yeah, well, I was going right. to say. We don't sell yeah. anymore to them. You know? Well, some people will collect them. They'll yeah, buy other we woods. Collectors. We've got four different chip styles. We've got two different handle sizes, so it's like you have a lot of options. But yeah, we ha we it's basically colors. Yeah. we designed these over many years to be like the perfect feeling, the per like look beautiful, the perfect function. I mean, unlike a, a dabber company now that might just like be like, oh, those are great tips. Let me do those tips and and like not have to do all the hard labor and work. Just kind of like we're just going to take what they've built and then do something with it. This is like a long over twelve years development. And we're dabbers. We use the tools. We understand what you want out of a dabber. So we make it because we can I'm make it. About the tip. Oh yeah. You designed this. She designed this tip, the tip of the blade are probably our most favorite, our most favorite blade, Best part most of favorite tip. tool because it has a curved edge, like a butter knife. We originally called it the butter blade, uh, the, the sauce scoop. We had other names for the tools, but really like 
you designed this having a curved edge and like a kind of a sharp edge so you can do cutting you can do scraping like the interior mm. of a generally jar, all jar really easy that's why don't you curve one so it can get stuff out of, out of the jar like this there this type go. of tip didn't exist before and yeah. now like you're starting to see people now create these happy. yeah creating these steps wow it's like, dude I think it's I the sincerest that. form of flattery to do that. Yeah. But like, Absolutely. just someone needs to know the origin story that this is the original, and yeah. what you're buying is a knockoff of something that she designed. That's kind of that cool. is incredible. And did you guys know that there was going to be a market for this, or did it just organically, like word of mouth, grow? Because I'm I'm so interested in like when you decided to invest more into it when you saw that um you know there had to be almost this business behind it and not just this side hustle. It's like the inflection point. Right. right. Uh, we, good question. we kept being asked. Right. And and we that were, was still working working a day job for uh, the first uh, five years of uh, longer even. They started this so, job when they're in the, like sixty one. So I was making these things in the basement. And, and I and, still had my art director job and I'd come home and I'd work on Mystic Timber at night. So, uh, <laughs> and she did all the graphic design for it and all the presentation stuff mm -hmm. and the sales, all the sales, sales marketing stuff. And like that. Wow. So, was there a, a just, single point when you realized, okay, let's do it. We're all in. Right. When we started hiring people. Yeah. When and I, also when you go to, when you go to a trade show and people like, Originally, there was a kit for beasts and there was a kit for dabbers. When you go to a trade show and you're selling 10 to 1 kits on dabbers to beasts, it's like, oh, I guess dabbers is our thing now. This is it. Like dabbing mm -hmm. is taking off. We had to accept. I had for years when I was making the roast clips, uh, said, geez, this would make a great product. You know, I just, you know, tossed that off. You know, then when I lost my job in uh, 2009, I said, well, let's go for it. So, mm. you know, see if we can make a little bit of you know, side money on this or something like right. this. You know, Get into and dabbers. Took a year to find out that the that the roach park roach clip market alone was not going to sustain us. <laughs> and uh, then we, but in serendipitously, we ran into uh, you know, the the dabbing, which was just starting to take off. It's something right. he. It's like something he didn't when and it had no tools. So it was like you know, boom. What like I didn't realize when uh, I got into cartooning and illustration that when he had a career in cartooning and illustration he was also dealing weed so he had a supplementary form of constant income. <laughs> I didn't know you needed a second job to actually make it as an illustrator or a cartoonist. <laughs> but it's like the same with roach clips. It's like we're not going to make it on roach clips alone. Dabbers are also they're actually selling better, and then it became like the main product, which yeah. is which is dope because like now I like dabbing is so fun. Like, if, for, can I just put it out there for anyone who doesn't dab and Please. is like ca cautious about trying dab because you've heard horror stories of people coughing their lungs out or like going in so hot and like scalding your throat and stuff like that. Like those are bad experiences. That's not the way to dab. That's a horrible way to set someone up. Like if they give them too big a dab the first time and it just like wrecks you, like because you're not your body's not equipped to take that kind of a strong dose of like those pure chemicals like you're taking the cannabinoids in their pure like straight form it's so clean it's such a clean concentrated unadulterated version of weed like as i was dabbing last night dirty dank jersey blew a uh like a joint smoke and like it right up in our faces and i could i could feel the chemicals in it i could feel there's weed in there but I, it was also weighed down by like roughage and like the feeling of like nature and like you could feel the trees you could feel the 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 leaves in it but but, the, yeah, but when you <laughs> just took when you just took that pure thc that i had just taken a little earlier like the pure version of that hash it was like i can see like if i wasn't high on this already that would be amazing but right now it's like I'm in this like glowing state of 710 and some 420 cloud just rolled over. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not ready to indulge in that later. Like I'll, once we got back to their house and like went up to their private smoke area, uh, like then then we did some joints. But we also did dabs again. Like we had a crazy night. That was so fun. No, I, I appreciate. Look, <laughs> sorry, we have a lot of, no, Colin, look, I love we, it. we have a lot of people that that are what we call kind of curious and they don't know what they, they want to get involved. They want to alleviate pain or, or something, to, but they don't know what delivery method is going to work for them. So information like you just shared about dabbing is really, really good for our audience. Yep. And I, I really, that's thank where you I was going with that. Yeah, let me expand on that. 
just let me sorry i don't hate to cut you off but i, I forgot <laughs> to like even say my whole point you it's it. like <laughs> if you if you're into cannabis and consuming it in some way or form this is what we always say to people at trade shows it's like first one of the things we ask is like how do you consume cannabis mm -hmm. and if have you ever tried dabbing and it's like a lot of people are, are they have this just stigma against it like it's too scary it's too strong torch uh, yeah like the torch and everything it looks like a it looks like smoking crack or something because you got all this glass and whatnot but really, it's like if you like cannabis in one form, you're really denying yourself to just experiment with the other forms of it. I had no idea I would like edibles. I had no idea I would like drinkables. Like drinkable weed is a fun, def different experience. Like they're all different forms of high. It's like they're hitting, yeah. they're opening different doors in your mind and your endocannabinoid system that you're not used to opening. So when when I tried dab the first several times, I remember I'll just try to emote the feeling. It would I would be sitting there on a the couch and be like this is so fun. Like this is, wow. I am feeling, this is so, feels so good. Like I know what Delta nine feels like, and this is like Delta nine, but different and more like a different form of it. That it feels like really, really interesting and good. Yeah. Uh, I, I encourage everybody to give it a shot and like do it responsibly. Try it with someone who knows what they're doing. They're not trying to overdose you. They're not trying to give you way too big a dose, baby dose. Like yeah, the first time you try it, like start with a grain of rice size or like half a mm. pea or half, half a pea or, or a pea like somewhere in there doesn't take much and no. just give it a shot you know it'll, it'll give you a couple hits you'll get to and you can you don't have to finish it like you can take start taking hits it's okay to cough the coughs feel good they, they hurt but they also feel good it's hard to explain unless you've tried it no. it's like you know those coughs are getting you higher it's like this is this is great yeah one of the, one of the big mistakes we made in the old days too is uh you take the smoke in and hold it as long as you could Mm -hmm. it doesn't do anything to enhance the high no not with that really it's a, it's you don't want or, yeah. or, or, or if you hold it in you cough more yeah you don't want wax just inhale sticking you around in your lungs like that you want it in and out in and out yeah, it's uh, it's not something to come in and hold. It's not that's a, a pro. That's a pro tip. That's pro that's tip. good. It, yeah. yeah, it'll make you cough. It'll make you cough for ten minutes. Everything you want out of that uh, hit is in you the moment you take it. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cannabis it, uh, consumption education here on the Infuse Show. Absolutely go. love it. Uh, I, think, I, I think. Go ahead. I just have one more question about in terms of like the market and the the business of Mystic Timber is that you're you're definitely touching and connecting with, with this community because dabbers is an identity. So it's a group of people that all identify together, and that's you know the nature of a community is what they share in common. So. As new people get into dabbing, because I'm seeing a lot of rigs, a lot of automation, a lot of pens, so that they take those scarier elements out of it, the intimidating torching or, you know, sure. the not knowing what I'm doing mm -hmm. if I do it wrong. So they're, they're removing that. Is that any, do you have any comment on that? Is that good? Is that bad? Is that the first step? Is that not safe? Is I'm, I'm just really interested from somebody who's a pro about dabbing is a, look at the direction dabbing's going and I'd love to hear a comment. Love can it. I handle this one? Mm -hmm. Sure. So basically I think like, like anything, when you're just getting started into something, you're going to get the, the lowest level gear, the cheapest lift, the, the easiest entry point into this new hobby that you have. So like when you're just starting dabbing, you're trying other people's stuff, you're using their tools, you're using their rigs, they're introducing you to it. You don't have all the equipment yet. And that makes sense. And if they have a missing timber, then you're starting off with the best because you're like, this is what a dabber should feel like. If you get a cheap dabber after that, you're going to be like, this doesn't compare. But usually people start people will start with a shitty like metal dabber whatever they get for like two eight bucks somewhere in the low ten dollar yeah steel piece of crap that's gonna you know not either break or not feel good in your hand uh and they'll get like and we encourage this is a great way to go about it if you don't want to have to invest in a torch right away mood mats all this stuff you can get like some kind of e-device like an x-vape or a puffco or like a focus v or something like a carta one yeah, of those electronic nails uh, yeah an email something like that that's simple you don't have to worry about actual open flames you mm -hmm. load it and close it you don't need a special separate carb cap if you don't want to like the, the easiest way that you can carry it it's portable you know easy to load whatever that's the first beginner like moving and but you're not going to get any like heady credit for having that you're not going to like it's sort of like the it's basic thing that. it's not about that it's just like this is what i have personally mm -hmm. i'm not going on social media trying to flaunt that i'm using this it's just i'm sure i have this you know this is something i can get get my medicine with and that's an awesome way if you're if you're not out there doing it like online and, and really trying to show off or anything or, or just trying to build 
connect with the community the head right. there, there is a there is levels of like getting more into dabbing like it's mm -hmm. almost like leveling up as a stoner like the you're building your tolerance you're getting you're getting like you start to realize oh there are these artists that make stuff just for the thing i love you know it's mm -hmm. like they're, they're artists that make these amazing tools they're artists that make these amazing rigs that like just artists that make card gaps just artists that make pearls that just artists that make bangers you know like and you start to learn the whole culture and learn you know like what's better than what and what like evenly yeah, what heats you like. like you you know there are terps reviews and things like that that cook a banger perfectly even when you don't need a torch there are like ways around it but you start to build your sesh kit kind of like you start to build any collection uh -huh. and you start to understand strains and you're testing out different strains and seeing how they interact with your body because everybody's in the cannabinoid system as you guys know is different so you don't know exactly how how or how much it's all experimenting on yourself like you're the chemistry experiment being experimented on but also experiencing it so you figure out which ways not only it makes you feel physically but also mentally, like what it does for you mentally and also like pain relief wise, what it does for you. Like it's all this stuff that they never teach this. This is stuff you have to learn and from other stoners giving you advice of what works for them. Like, I think it's one of the most valuable things about a community is like people are so willing to share knowledge, share information about what works and like what gets you a better session. Like the it's set and setting too like the community the, the people you're session with and the vibe and the music and everything it like all adds to it to it and like as you become more of a sophisticated stoner or like more into it uh and a more heady collector like you just become more part of that community and it's like a very loving fun community it's so cool it is and you you <clears throat> let me let me say this you you serve that community well and the and the community of people that are curious well too uh, with uh, your your social, Colin, because uh, please check out at Mystic Timber because they, they do a lot. No, I, I mean this uh, wholeheartedly. Um, they do a lot to educate and, and to take the fear away or the confusion because uh, Mike and Francesca and I know people, but yeah, I think I'm going to get in a dab and I got to run to the head shop. They come back with stuff they don't need or dressed as a ghostbuster and you're like, you need a backpack. <laughs> Get rid of that. You don't need. Right. Um, if you follow at Mystic Timber, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to get connected to this community, and and it's it's a really really well run page. Uh, my my credit to you. I wanted to I wanted Thank to you. as we're as we're uh, wrapping up our our time together here. I did want to. Uh, all three of us are curious <clears> of um, what. Tell us what's coming up. What's next? What's big news? I know you had some big news to share about the state of Pennsylvania. Just to yes. the north of us, huh? What, what, yeah. Tell yes. our audience about that. Well, we just got approved to be on the list of um, medical and marijuana approved devices in Pennsylvania. All right. Um, the, like the Pennsylvania Board of Health. So like yes. that's a very small number of tools have been. So it's kind of like our scoops have a, have a measured dose. So you can, if you're using it as a medicine, you can take the exact same dose every time. It's one of the few products that you can do that with. So it's kind of a cool thing that now we're going to be able to be sold in dispensaries. It's a hard barrier to cross. And I think this will open us up to other states that have hard restrictions on getting into dispensaries. Because up until recently, dispensaries have been pure, like flour or flour and concentrate. Oh, we got a new follower. We've got one of those smurls. So every time we get a follower, the thing like spins. <laughs> Real time. That was, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> it was because of the plug. Yeah. It was because of the plug. <laughs> and, and I just also don't want to scare anyone away, anyone away about education. Like we we mix our education into just our regular filming and our content, filming our lives oh, yeah. and filming like making the tools and all that stuff. It's like we try to entertain but it's also just being stoned and, and having a fun living your life filming it like that's i think naturally we have a funny weird uh, rapport with one another you know we all have our own things these guys are like can of grandparents i'm like the can of uncle that got into smoking very late in life like i didn't start smoking until i was 38 i'm 45 now so i haven't had much time getting high because yeah. i was fucking traumatized by him getting arrested when i was a kid and i'm like nine years old cops coming in my bedroom with a fucking gun looking around the house for some kind of massive weed stash which didn't exist like i was so against not not against weed but like when you're a stoner like these guys like every conversation turns into weed and now i'm that guy i knew that would happen like i didn't want to start smoking because i knew my whole life would become about yeah. it because because yeah. it's like once you realize what it can do for you especially <laughs> like as an artist i went so many years of my life without using weed and just being a very creative person already uh the weed just it takes me on roller coaster rides of thought where i can just press a recorder and um start talking like stream of consciousness coming up with ideas brainstorming uh it's done amazing things for me so like now i'm a, a huge advocate like i can't yeah, talk yeah. enough about how this is we, like 
amazing. Look, we we know, and I, like you said, no, it is a it's a wonderful window into uh, the company and the family. And I said this to Colin on the phone, but I want to share it with you guys. You're, uh, I, I speak for the whole Infuse team. Like you're an easy bunch to root for in this world. <laughs> like you really, you, you really Sharon. are. Um, yes. And and it's and it's because you you're so willing to share uh, not only your, your your knowledge but your personalities with people too. Yep. Um, and you, you've shared so much with us today. I, I am so grateful for, for your time. Um, I wanted to say this before we, we're from we, Jersey. We, we, we tell everyone, uh, please visit mystictimber.com. Check out their selection. Please check out the social, see what they've um, got going on. Um, oh, oh, we do have one more thing we wanted to plug. Oh, well, plug good. away, plug away. So we finally invested in a laser so we can do custom co-brands and like collabs much easier like up until now we've had nice. to take someone's logo send it to our like former supplier in california that would make these brand, brand a maker. brand maker like they would make a brand like out of metal send the uh -huh. like hot iron brand back we'd have to hide our iron press it into the tools and it was just time consuming and like made it financially very hard to get someone to do, like do a collab or co-brand with people us. have been asking right. us for years can we have our logo on your tools too and for years we said no they're mystic timber <laughs> and now we're like well why not you know why not have, have that and so yep. people are like wow you're doing it now so right. that's opened up minimum purchase and he's yeah. not, even, really, not even though like right now like we're just trying to like, get this out there and show that we're doing it so like even small runs like not not super small but like we will do really small runs with it. an individual store. Wedding. and for weddings yeah we're, weddings kind of weddings wedding conventions now yeah. too there are a lot of green weddings happening currently. yes Our whole backside the whole backside of this pocket we can do like a co-brand with your logo your whatever design and even an extra side so like we date. really want to wedding gate the date and names we just did that there's yeah. so many possibilities born on bill, date bill from invest in Hedies is getting married this month and we just did their whole wedding party all the like side pieces on long handles so like people who yeah. are, are getting into the wedding world of canna weddings this is another right. opportunity you know have I a missing timber dab wow. bar at your wedding I my head's French spinning and mine uh, is yeah. too, Mike. And I know I famously said, Francesca, <laughs> no more weddings. Let's just send a gift. However, if it's a dab, <laughs> it's a dab bar wedding, invite the Infuse show. We're going to come, we're gonna yeah, come yeah. to the show. We'll, we'll dab with you. On the Infuse show, oh, yeah. my friends, uh, the, uh, we always uh, just like to have a little bit of fun at the end with one quick question that Francesca does. It's her patented would you rather scenario. Are you guys willing to play with us real quick? Sure. <laughs> okay. Francesca, take it away. I'm excited because it's my favorite month and we're coming up on my favorite holiday. And I forced Nick to watch all the scary movies that I can make him watch this month. And so I have a very scary would you rather, potentially. Would you rather have to spend a night alone in an abandoned, broken down amusement park or a night alone in a very old, creepy, solitary cemetery. Ooh, ooh! Who wants to lead <laughs> off? Who I wants to lead? I have a story that goes right into that. They're about to leave. That's yeah. a long story. Yeah, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, <laughs> Colin with the save. Cut, <laughs> cut. It's a great story, but it's a long story. Ghost on Halloween. We'll do a micro dose. That's a yeah. we, We'll put that out separate. So, Colin, what would you pick? I think the amusement park because I would bring all my like recording and camera gear and I would get some of the coolest footage of Mystic Timber on all in front of all those scary rides. Can yeah. you like tell, I would turn can, that into a content creation event, man. Can you dope. tell he's in? Can you tell he's in marketing? Yeah, yeah just a little That's bit. <laughs> uh, Deb, Deb, what scenario uh, for you? Um, well, I used to live next to a cemetery and I didn't find them that creepy, really. I think I think I'd find the amusement park more interesting. More interesting. The man known as Georgie. Georgie's in Bruce. What are you picking? Uh, well, cemetery. Uh, uh, did it once for do it again. <laughs> <laughs> You've already Would picked recommend. it. You went in the past and picked it. There you Mike go. Patterson, you're up. Amusement park all day. Because I feel like there's more areas to explore. And at a cemetery, you know there's dead people yeah. there. So yeah. I just think I'm going to go I'm scared of the dead. I'm Ooh. scared of the potential clowns and stuff I'll run into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, leftover clownage. Leftover, <laughs> leftover clownage that's all over that park. Uh I'd be uh I'd pick the cemetery. The 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 uh amusement park creeped the hell out of me, Francesca. 
Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent cemetery for no other reason than it's just uh grass and it's it's gonna be grassy, so it's gonna be softer to lie down. Oh, yeah. And I feel like there's a beauty in cemeteries. So really? I definitely yeah. But uh there's one person we haven't asked yet, Nick. Yeah, uh, the man, uh, another Jersey legend, uh, Frank Rago, uh, producer extraordinaire. Give me way in here, my friend. I got to go with amusement park because I what? might just go to the concession stand and just start making me food just to pass the time while I'm waiting. So, isn't it so <laughs> abandoned amusement park? Frank, it's Frank travels with ingredients. I just plug it in. <laughs> if I learned anything from Zombieland, there'll be a stash of Twinkies in one of those concession centers. Be exactly. Like, they stay right. for good forever. You can That's deep fry right. it. <laughs> there. Oh my God, guys. This has been an absolute pleasure for our team at the Infuse Show. Today, we've been talking Us as well. uh, with the family behind Mystic Timber. We've been talking to Bruce, Deb, and Colin Jorgensen. We're going to send our best to your daughter up in Canada, too. A complete family affair over at Mystic Timber. Visit mystictimber.com. Follow them at, at Mystic Timber on social media. You're going to be glad that you did. Uh, and and just bring our cannabis community closer. So, my friends, thank you so much for joining us on the Infuse Show today. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, thank you, thank you so much. Infuse you fam, you're officially Mystic Timber fam. You're part, yeah. of, you're part of us. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Leveled up. Right. <laughs> uh, proud, proud members of the Mystic Timber fam, just south of them down here in Delahue, Delawat, Delaware. Uh, for Mike and Francesca and our producer, Frank, I'm Nick. We'll see you next time on the Infuse Show. Bye-bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Yes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for everybody. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.